You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. lots of hiccups. I will screw up the ending and we will have a great time. How's everybody doing this afternoon? Fantastic. So, so we have hockey to talk about for the first time on this podcast, like actual hockey, not like made up things about hockey, trying to make up topics. Um, the NHL yesterday, uh, announced their return to play format or their plan, I should say, and their playoff format. And luckily for us, Calgary made the playoffs. I don't know what that's really going to mean for the Flames because um, they haven't exactly been the most successful team in the playoffs as of late. But, um, Maddie, uh, what are your thoughts on, the first off, that hockey is actually coming back? And do you like the format? I'm pretty – I want to say I'm pretty thrilled that it's back. It's, like, a little hard to muster the very extreme emotions about it that I've been seeing. Uh, on Twitter a bit, just because it, it also feels so far away, but I am still pretty excited about it. Um, yeah, I think the playoff format's kind of weird, but, you know, it it is what it is. Really know how I, I would make it better, so yeah, I feel pretty neutral about it, to be completely honest. Fair enough. Michael, what are your thoughts? Uh, one, excited it's back, or not excited, or confused? I mean, I'm, I'm pretty happy with how it all turned out. I think it was probably the best way to go. I know people are a little bit angry that some of those like bottom feeder teams got put in, but I don't know. I think it levels the field, and um, I don't know. Personally, I'm not super looking forward to like two months of just breaking down Flames and Jets, just for them to be swept in three games. So that's going to be that's going to probably get a little tiring after a while, but hey, at least it's something. So what you're saying is you're you're super positive about Calgary's chances of uh, making a run through these playoffs here. Exactly. They're going to do just as well as they always do. I, You know, I was thinking about that today, too. I was like, man, this is going to stink with the playoffs coming back, you know. But then on the flip side, everybody's really in that same position. Nobody's really done anything for the last however many months, you know, since the season was shut down. So it's not like any teams are at a, I guess, more advantage to another team's disadvantage. Anybody have any thoughts on that? Maddie? Yeah, I think it's definitely going to get a little weird. I think at the start, it's like regular preseason games, but I just feel like somehow it's going to be worse. (laughs) But I also love chaos. Well, I mentioned that too in our little chat thread the other day. I was like, are these going to be like eight to six games, like no defense, bad goaltending, 
you know, offense like crazy, or are we going to see a bunch of Phil Kessels out there? Just a ton of people who haven't like done anything in the last <laughs> two or three months, just sitting around doing nothing. Like, is it going to, Michael, do you think we're going to have some really bad hockey at the start? I think it really depends how much they kind because I don't, I know they didn't really talk about it, but for the teams who are kind of coming into the qualifying rounds, like it could be, it could be interesting to see if they do try and make an argument for like a tune-up game or something, because like, I know the other teams didn't want to just jump in cold, but I think, yeah, we could do some pretty rough hockey if we, uh, if they just have to jump right into their best of five series for sure. Now, when you look at the, the Western conference setup, the top four teams are Vegas, Colorado, St. Louis, and Dallas. They all have to play like a little qualifying turn, not qualifying round robin for seeding purposes. Um, then everybody else falls in. Um, happy with Calgary getting the Jets, or uh, were we hoping that maybe they could, you know, get somebody a a little less competitive for them to the start? Maddie, what do you think? Flames Jets good matchup or not so much? I don't know. I was thinking about that um, earlier today. I feel like I'm not super afraid of the Jets. Um, certainly they do have some pieces where they can be dangerous, but I feel like they just haven't been super consistent this season. Not that that like, means anything at this point. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think that's what it comes down to. Yeah, for me, I'm not like super afraid of them, but the fact that I'm feeling a little bit confident also scares me. So I think my own hubris is going to come back to bite me in the end. Nope, that makes sense. That's fair enough. I mean, they've only played, what, three times this season, twice in the preseason where they split, and then there was the outdoor game. So, um, you know, I think that kind of – so can't really judge much of preseason. Then again, we did just say this could end up looking like preseason hockey, so who knows. Um, so the Flames did a little bit of trolling today uh, through their Twitter account as they – they said hello to the uh, Winnipeg Jets with a shot of an all-out brawl on the ice between the Flames and Jets. Uh, Michael, um, you didn't seem extremely confident in this matchup. Do you like it? Would you prefer Calgary to play somebody else in that qualifying round, as it's called? Um, I'm not sure. It's just, for me, it's the Jets are kind of a weird team in that they have those three or four really top forwards. But they don't have a lot on their defensive core, but it's really their goaltending that kind of scares me because without Hellebuck this year, the Jets were, I don't know how else to say it, but like trash. So he pretty much carried them into a fake playoff spot. So if he gets hot for anywhere from three to five games, I think it could be a very quick playoffs for the Flames. But at the same time, if he's not on the game, I actually quite like the Flames' chances. Yeah, I think uh, Connor Hellebuck is definitely the X factor in this series for um... – Winnipeg. I think if he's on, Calgary's going to have a hard time. He's just such a quality um, top goaltender when he's in that zone. And you know how it works. It's, you know, in, in baseball, you ride the hot pitcher in the playoffs and the hockey can be the same way. You get a hot goaltender, you can move in. Um, we all know Calgary this season has struggled at times putting the puck in the net. And if Hellebuck is on and Calgary is struggling, this could be a quick three or four game series because that's the other part of this that's kind of unique is there is a plan, but there kind of isn't a plan. Are we going to play three, uh, five games? Or are we going to play seven games? Um, there's also no real start date for this, and we don't even know where these games are going to happen. So, I mean, it's kind of like, yes, hockey is here, but it's kind of not here as well. Um, 
Matt, are you kind of surprised the NHL just kind of dumped all of this out there without a full plan? Or do you think they're just trying to get fans back into it and try to give people some sort of hope? What are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I... <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm in a way not. Oh, God. oh, I think we lost Maddie there. Michael, hop in real quick. You're what do you got? For a second here. Oh, okay. Well, we had do-, do we have dogs barking? Is that what we have? <laughs> oh, a dog just ran down the stairs and tried to jump on me on the couch. So that was <laughs> just. No, that's why this podcast is fun. There. It's live. It's a real life podcast. So, um, before being interrupted, uh, <laughs> Maddie, what, um, I mentioned that you know the NHL kind of has a plan, but doesn't have a plan. Does it make sense to announce that they're going to have playoffs with no host cities and no dates, or you know, should they have held on a little while longer? I don't know. I. As, like, on a personal planner, it stresses me out a little bit that everything's pretty imprecise right now. But I do understand why the league would be interested in just, like, giving fans a little bit of a taste to kind of drum up some excitement and trying to reel everybody back in, you know, as early as they can. Um, But, yeah, it, it does stress me out a little bit that we don't quite know what's going on and i mean we can't really at this point but yeah fair enough michael your thoughts on that um you like the idea of them just giving you know a little a little nugget for the fans or would you rather have had everything come down at once so it was definitely um like a definite concise and absolute plan i, I think i agree with maddie on it that it's kind of about generating some excitement again and that it's there's some of those other things are going to be a lot harder for them to decide on things like uh, locations, how they're exactly going to make everything work, getting players to and from the game. So I'm I'm pretty happy they got they kind of got out ahead of everyone else too because once we start seeing MLB coming back with their plan or the NBA, I feel like the NHL might fall to the back burner for a lot of the sports coverage. So by getting out ahead of everyone else, they'll get them into the light at least for a little bit, and maybe even put some pressure on the other leagues to kind of start coming out with a plan as well. But in the meantime, it can be mostly NHL-focused until then. No, I think I agree, too. I think at the beginning, I was like, really? You've got no host cities. You've got no dates set. But then I was like, you know what? It generates a little bit of excitement. It gives you that, okay, hockey is definitely coming back. Um, do you have any pre- anybody have any preferences for host cities? Or do you even care at this point? Do you just want to see the Flames back on the ice skating and hopefully being semi-decent when they return? Michael? Um, for me, I would, I don't know. I, I like the idea of like the Vegas where they shut down like a couple of hotels and have the rinks all together and 12 teams in Vegas. All that also sounds like a bit of a recipe for di- disaster, depending on how open Vegas is. But I don't know. That just intrigues me. Obviously, I mean, it'd be kind of cool to have it in Edmonton just to have it in the province here. But other than that, I really don't care too much just as long as it's kind of well handled. I kind of like that idea of Vegas too. That would be a great ESPN 30 for 30. The the 12 teams that played in the end the 2019-20 NHL playoffs in a half open Las Vegas. I think that would be fantastic. Maddie, do you have any thoughts on that or is it kind of similar? Yeah, it's pretty similar. I think really what it comes 
down to for me is like wherever safest. Um, I don't like super trust the league to, you know, handle this as well as it probably needs to be handled. But yeah, I also, as you guys were talking, were was picturing like a sort of post-apocalyptic empty Las Vegas and then just random NHL players kind of walking around the strip looking around. Uh, and because I love chaos, that's that's pretty – seems pretty wild. And I, I'm kind of – I don't know if you guys – I don't know if you're like Walking Dead fans, but it's like picture like the NHL coming into Vegas, like Rick riding down the highway on the horse in Georgia where everything's empty and there's just burned out cars and chaos and carnage heading out of the city. Um, that would be pretty cool. Your 2019-20 NHL season. The year the Flames will win the Stanley Cup in this bizarro, but there'll be some sort of asterisk next to it. Um, let's actually, let's make let's pose that a question, and then we'll take a quick break. But, like, if your team does win the Stanley Cup during this abbreviated season, weird playoff setup, are you sat- satisfied? Are you happy? Or are you kind of like, well, they won, but did they really win? Uh, Matt, you've got two horses in this race, so, you know, you've got to – you know, how does that work for you? Is that something you'd be like, yes, or would you be like, eh, I guess we won? Um, I will absolutely still take any any win there, but um, I I've seen people talking about like with this playoff format and how everything's been this season. Uh, the only people that are going to be happy and accept real. Stanley Cup win is like are the fans of the team that won and everybody else is going to be like well it doesn't really count um but you know if it's one of my teams I'm absolutely going to take it fair enough Michael what are your thoughts yeah for me I don't really get the whole argument that there would be an asterisk beside it just because there's still there's 24 teams getting a shot they're narrowing it down pretty quickly to 16 and we're pretty much right back to a normal playoff so it's the only reason that's different is because it's going to be played in like August, September instead of May, June. Then like, I really don't think there's any reason to make put an asterisk beside. But of course, like Maddie said, all the other teams fans are going to heckle you about that. But yeah, if the Flames win, I'm not going to complain too much. I could totally see Edmonton fans of Calgary for some godforsaken reason wins this whole thing being like, well, you guys, you won the Stanley Cup in that horrible short season where everything got canceled. But if Edmonton wins, I'd be like, look at how hard Edmonton played and they persevered and did so well. So it's it's a no-win with those two teams. But, you know, we'll see how it goes. All right, we're going to take a quick break here on the Tinderbox to have some advertisements and pay some bills, and we will be right back after this. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome back to episode 31 of The Tinderbox. We are the podcast for Matchsticks and Gasoline, the Calgary Flames website for SB Nation. It's Mark, Patty, Michael on this lovely afternoon. We just covered the brand new NHL playoffs, return to play plan, whatever you want to call it. We didn't break down the draft because I actually get a headache reading the draft rules and everything else that was going on and when it could possibly may, may or not happen. So we're going to let that go. But um, 
we've been doing theme weeks at SB Nation, as you may have noticed. We did Marvel comic book movie week, and I think last week was Underdogs, um, uh, which uh, Ray actually did a really, really, really awesome column on Theo Fleury last week. So that was cool. But um, this week we're doing pop sports crying moment. Um, so I kind of like was jogging my mind trying to think, have I ever really cried during a sporting event? And as I said to Michael on the pre-podcast, I really haven't because none of my teams are ever good enough to get that far. So it's more just like, eh, whatever they stink. You know, I mean, like the Cubs won in 2016, which was great. But um, in 2016, I was 40 years old. So there's zero chance I was crying as a 40-year-old person that, you know, a baseball team I enjoy watching won something because I don't play for that team. Um, I guess um, if anybody wants to think about theirs a little bit, go for it. I will say the only thing I had close to that moment was um, – if you've noticed when we talk about other sports outside of hockey, I'm kind of a hot mess with my sports teams. I root for absolutely nothing from New England, uh, Massachusetts, Boston specifically. Um, as a kid, very young kid, I grew up as a huge, and still to this day, I'm, I'm a huge fan of the Miami Hurricanes football program. And so the only time I really kind of came close was when stupid Doug Flutie, that garden gnome, threw the Hail Mary against uh, the Hurricanes and beat Miami in 1984, which was like, you got to be kidding me. Like Doug Flutie, that guy, really, that's the guy. I didn't cry. I was more angry. I'll never forget. I, my grandmother took my brother and my cousin and I to like a McDonald's like a week later, and they were giving away Doug Flutie Heisman trophy posters with a picture of him throwing that thing. And I ripped it up and threw it in the trash in the McDonald's. I was so mad. So I think that's the closest I've ever come. And I was at that point, I was eight. So I was already angry. I was already vengeful. And it set in motion my hatred of everything Boston College and Doug Flutie. So I don't have a real crying moment. But I had kind of like a, you know, eight year old, angry, loyal to my team moment. Uh, Maddie, do you have a specific crying moment that you remember? Um, I don't know. That story is amazing, by the way. <laughs> That's just so good. I have issues. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm like, not a big crier at sports things in general. Um, also, like, sports viewing has shifted to like, covering games in person and like, you're not allowed to cheer in the press box. You're definitely not allowed to cry in the press box. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I don't know. I think the closest I've had probably are like these weird, proud mom energy moments. If I'm there for like prospect first goals where they're like kids that I've seen come up through the Phantoms and worked a lot with there. Um that's always really exciting, but like, yeah, that's kind of, kind of the extent of it for me. Fair enough. Those are good. Yeah. Talk back to me in six years when my son graduates from high school and plays his last high school game and whatever sport he's playing, then we'll redo this podcast. But um, <laughs> up until that, that's probably the only time it will happen. Michael, do you have a crying moment? And please tell me it's when the, the Eagles won the Super Bowl. Yes, that is my only one. And I don't think I have cried since then. But man, I was I was a mess that night because so I was in university at the time and I was staying in my dorm room and they're doing like a big Super Bowl party at like one of the residences down the street and everyone's like, Oh, you should go, we should like go, you have your like Eagles jersey. Like, no, I am not watching this with anyone else. I'm watching this in my room in dead silence because I, I am a mess when I watch like big games. 
and I was pacing the whole night, and then just at the end of it, I just I just lost it for a good like couple minutes there, just because uh, they're such a frustrating team. And yeah, that was probably it for me. Like I was, I don't think I've cried since that night. But my God, that, I I lost it for a bit there. Well, there you go. Look, one of us has feelings. That's good. So we've got that for us. Awesome. All right. So I got angry. Maddie has mom <laughs> feelings. Michael cried. Awesome. I like it. We got a little bit of variety there. It's good. We're going to jump on to our next sports topic now. We're talking like sports pet peeves. And there, I definitely have three that I am extremely passionate about when it comes to sports. And I don't know, Michael, do you have any specific pet peeves? And it doesn't have to be to hockey. It can be anything um, that really bug you about sports or fans in general. Um, off the top of my head, I don't have a ton that comes up. Maybe one minor thing that's kind of something Gordy and I have shared and talked about quite a bit. But for whatever reason, hockey games, when they say they start at seven and they start at seven and they actually end up starting at seven ten, I don't know why those just kind of bug me because <laughs> they go through all the anthems and nonsense. Where it's like baseball, it's like they say seven oh seven, the first pitch is at seven oh seven or something. So that's maybe one of my minor things that just gets under my skin. I know it bothers Gordy too, so bring that up for him. No, I can see that. That totally makes sense. And I'll put out another pet peeve um, that I know Gordy's not here to discuss it today, but boy, does he hate that black chin strap on the Flames helmets when they wear their retro jerseys. Um, I know that's like, <laughs> he loses his mind when that comes up. So Gordy, there's two for you or one and a half. Maddie, do you have any, uh, any sports pet peeves that absolutely drive you nuts when you're watching a game or at a, at a game? Ooh, I don't know. Um, the not starting on time thing does kind of drive me nuts too. Um, especially like I know the Phantoms are super guilty of that. And there are days where I'm like driving up right after work and I'm getting all frazzled because I think I'm late. It's supposed to be a 7.05 start and I'm like all, all amped up. And then I get there like, oh yeah, we're starting at like 7.15 whatever and I'm, then i just feel dumb but that's mostly a me problem yeah, but I, I get that because it's like um i think no go ahead no i was gonna say like that i i can totally see that like you go to green i love the fact sometimes that games start late because i'll get stuck going to see like calgary when they play in boston and i'll get stuck in like horrific boston traffic you know getting in and i'm like all right it's it's like seven o'clock and we can park and we can run to the arena, but we'll still have time to get a beer, you know, something to eat and catch both anthems. Okay. We're good. You know, type deal. But that's like, like the Super Bowl drives you nuts when it says it starts at six 30 and it starts at eight 15, you know, from pregame concerts and all that other nonsense. But sorry. Uh, do you have anything else? Uh, this is probably going to sound like very mean, but I hate when they do the kids games like the they'll do one game a year it's like a matinee on a saturday and it's like day and they play like baby shark eight thousand <laughs> in the arena and i just like i can't do it they just send you off send you off the deep end <laughs> yeah I, I gotta say when it comes to in actually i think two of the three that i have are in-person ones and i'll start with my not in person one and it's the term we i hate when people refer to themselves as we so like if they're watching the flames and they're like oh i can't believe we lost to that team i'm always like no you don't play for the calgary flames you are not part of the team i hate the term we we is like my biggest thing i'm like 
you're a 50 year old man. You're not a we. You root for a team. You don't play for the team. Just because you have a jersey doesn't mean you're on the team. I hate we. We doesn't. Does that drive anybody else nuts, or am I just crazy? No, I think that's the worst. Michael, or am I crazy? Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm with you on that. I it, it bugs me. Yeah, 100. percent My second one is a baseball one. And it's any person over the age of 12 who brings a baseball glove to a baseball game. If you're a grown man trying to catch a foul ball, you deserve to be hit with the foul ball. You're an idiot. I hate that. You're not playing baseball. You don't need a glove. You can protect your kid with your hat or your beer cup or your hand. If you're above 12, if you're done with Little League, you cannot bring a baseball glove to a baseball game. Am I wrong? And if I am, you're all wrong. Maddie, you're laughing. Is that something? Like, I, that's just something that's just gnaws at me when I'm at a baseball game and I look and I'm like, look, there's a 60 year old man with a baseball glove. I want to hit you with the baseball glove. Put it down. You don't need a baseball glove if you're over 12. Anybody. <laughs> kind of fired up today. Yeah, Michael's not, not saying really anything baseball, because he's but... Michael's not Michael's not saying anything because he's wearing his baseball glove right now during the podcast, aren't you? Yeah, I'm putting it back <laughs> in my closet right now. <laughs> Uh, and I guess my final and third one is I hate the wave. I really do. And maybe I'm just no fun or whatever, but I absolutely hate the wave. Like if you're at a sporting event and you go up to do the wave, someone's a Nancy Kerrigan, you on the side of the knee. So you can't get up for the rest of the game. There is zero reason to do the wave. I hate the wave. Anybody? Michael, do you like the wave? You've done the wave in at the dome haven't you i have done the wave at the dome but i hate the people that do the wave when there's no reason to do the wave like i get it if your team's winning like five one with like five minutes left like it's i find it should be more of like a mocking the other team thing but when it's like two two midway through the second period i'm like no sit down no we, we don't need to see this right now like manny do you have thoughts on the wave <laughs> Um, honestly, no, like zero. <laughs> okay. Okay. Fair enough. I, when I, Michael, your point is absolutely perfect. It's like when the wave starts in a half empty stadium, when your team's losing seven to two, it's like at the end of every Red Sox game, whether they win or lose, they play sweet Caroline, which is the dumbest thing ever. I, I don't understand. It's a song about a grown man singing about a child that he thinks is very pretty, which is completely weird. That's a whole nother podcast, I guess. But um, like, it's just not, it's, it, it, it's, it's stupid. Sweet Caroline, the wave, we, and bringing a baseball glove to a baseball game. There we go. I got them all off my chest. I feel good. I hate Doug Flutie. I hate the wave. I hate baseball gloves. And I hate the term we. Excellent. Um, anybody else have anything they want to uh, go over before I butcher the ending of this podcast? Michael, you got anything you want to talk about? Anything you want to get off your chest while we're here in a little therapy session? I mean, I was just going to ask if there's anything you actually like at the games at this point. <laughs> no, I hate everything. That's why I stay at home now and watch things on TV. It's so much easier. <laughs> Maddie, how about, see, I'm getting older. I'm getting cranky. Like, get off my lawn. <laughs> Maddie, anything else you want to get? You want to get anything off your chest while we're here? <laughs> uh, no, I don't think I have any more uh, grievances to air. But this was, uh, this was productive, I would say. It it's like we had a festivus in the middle of the summer. It's great. It was awesome. <laughs> so, all right. Well, with that out of the way and matchsticks and gasoline tinderbox therapy over, we want to thank you all for 
listening to this podcast. If you enjoy it, please find us on Spotify. Please find us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, or iHeartRadio. All you have to do is look up Matchsticks and Gasoline or search The Tinderbox, and you can download us. Make sure you subscribe so you can get all of these hard-hitting podcasts when they come out. Maddie, Michael, thank you so much for coming on today and discussing some hockey topics and then some not-so-hockey topics. Absolutely. Alrighty, everybody, we will catch you next time on the Tinderbox.